Malcolm. If you're looking to unlock the secrets of the mind, to live a life that's free of care and anxiety, and to be the happiest you that you can be, then you're in the right place. This is Growing the Good, the Mindful Podcast. Hello and welcome to Growing the Good, the Mindful Podcast with me, your host Neil West and I'm joined again today by my good friend and co-host Hayley Kearns. Hi Hayley, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you Neil and yourself? Uh, I'm a little nervous this, uh, oh. this, this episode, I have to confess because I'm going to open myself up to you, I'm going to come out and tell you something I have not told anyone in 30 years of teaching. Oh, wow. Mm. The thing I'm going to come out and confess today is, Hayley, I hate maths. <gasps> I hate it. I have, <laughs> I've taught maths to children and young people for decades, <laughs> and I cannot stand it. It's, oh, I just picked my jar up off the floor. I know. I knew you'd be shocked. <laughs> I'm sorry to kind of drop it on you like that without any without any warning. No. But maths is boring. Maths is pointless. <laughs> you know. Um, the, 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 the pages of sums, oh, <laughs> you know, Sudoku, oh, it just, it just, the thought of it makes my flesh crawl. Oh, wow. So, there you go. You think you know somebody. You think you know someone. But. <laughs> <laughs> having said oh, that. Oh, but having said that, there's a but. But um, that's not maths, you see. Okay. This is what I'm saying. Because my question, can maths be mindful? Um, and it was not because u- not a usual link, maths and mindfulness. Maths and it? mindfulness, yeah. Can maths be mindful? Um, so I, I came across something called the Travelling Alchemists Outreach Society. Okay. Okay, and they are um, absorbed, consumed, interested in complex geometrical patterns. Okay, and the idea is that they they study sacred geometry. It's the study of the harmonic patterns that underlie and create the world around us. From the growth patterns of nature to the movement of sound and vibration in the world to the molecular structure of matter, all aspects of our world, including notably our bodies, are governed by a set of very simple, extremely elegant proportions. That maths actually is everything. What we present to children as maths is not maths at all. Right, so this is where I'm coming from. Maths is mindful, but what we think of as maths is not maths at all, really. Um, so I'm going to go back to 1666, oh. if I may, the year of the plague. I was going to say. Yeah, 1666, year of the plague. Not, not a year I'd choose myself. But no, but in, in the spirit of not wasting a crisis, this was the year that Isaac <laughs> Newton, young Isaac Newton, would have gone to university in 1666, but the plague closed the universities. Okay. So he had to sit in the garden under an apple tree. Okay. Mm. Um, So Isaac Newton invented calculus, a more powerful form of analysis that employs infinitesimal considerations of uh, fine fine points on the slope of a curve. So this this was his his contribution to maths. A derivative function of x. So we're used to graphs, curves, lines with x as a, as a, as a, a, a factor now. But in 1666, this was a new concept. Um, and what it meant was that you could understand how things move and change, which was how his principles of uh, physics and, and, and how the universe works could be described. He needed a mathematical language that would describe the complexities of um, celestial bodies, how planets move. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
So this was the idea that uh, he wanted to understand how things move and change, particularly planetary motion and the physical laws of the universe. So when you start applying maths to the physical laws of the universe, it becomes more interesting. So I tend to kind of, if you look around you, you know, when we talk about seeing things not as they are, but as they really are, you know, with a mindful eye, then there are vast numbers of calculations going on all the time. Every little movement, every time you pick something up, put something down, huge amounts of calculations are taking place, not consciously, you know, but maths is everything. Maths is in all the movements in the universe and all the patterns in the universe, all the organic and inorganic materials in the universe all um, subscribe to the same mathematical principles. So it becomes quite interesting then, doesn't it? I think. Anyway, have you heard of the Fourier transform? No. No. Um, well, I'm going to talk about it now. Okay, so I have my little... Uh, little chime bars here, my little xylophone. So I'm going to play you an A, okay? So A, um, you get 440 oscillations a second. So you've taught science, you know, when you draw a sound wave, yeah. yeah, so you get that kind of nice even sound wave. So when you hear an A, you could imagine that sound wave, couldn't you? Yeah. Okay. So you can see those numbers, you can visualise mm -hmm. the maths that's going yeah. on. Um, if I play you a B, then that oscillates at 294 oscillations a second. So you'd have a different wave, wouldn't you? And um, But both uniform. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I play them together, so if I play you an A and a D simultaneously, you get a very different kind of sound wave emerging. It wouldn't be even, it would be actually quite chaotic and complex because some of the peaks would, would balance each other out, some of them would extend. It wouldn't be the same uniform no. sound wave that you would for an A or a D, okay? Um, so the Fourier transform is a way of making complex sound waves make sense, of, of unpicking them. If you like, taking the A and the D-ness out of that note that I played you. Okay. Right, okay. Um, it happens when we make the podcast, okay? So when we're talking now into the microphone, what we're actually doing is, um, it's measuring air pressure. You know, as we speak, the air pressure around the microphone changes and that's how the microphone registers what we're saying. So a Fourier transform is a method then of unpicking all those different frequencies and waveforms because when we put the um, podcast into the computer it turns it into an mp3 file yeah. and what that's really doing is making sense of all that chaotic air pressure change into meaningful wave patterns. Right. So this is where the, the, the uh, Fourier transform process comes in. Very simply, I apologise complex mathematical people out there, <laughs> but that very simply is how we can use maths to make sense of chaos. Okay. Because actually chaos isn't chaos at all. It's meaning, but we just don't see that meaning initially. No. We need to look more deeply into it, you know, in the way that um, Einstein talks about, you know, God doesn't play dice. There's no such thing as randomness in the universe. We could throw a die in front of us now, and if you understood every aspect of how you know the the amount of pressure that went into throwing the dice the angle that it lands on the table you could accurately predict every single time exactly how that dice would land because there's nothing random about it we just don't have the power to calculate and perceive 
and the same if you were tossing a coin. You could, if you understood how, the maths of it, the principles, land a coin heads, tails, every single time if you chose to. So there's nothing actually really random in the universe. It's just about understanding the complexity of the maths that's taking place. And maths is much more interesting now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, still I quite like that. You quite like that. You were never needed convincing, did you? Okay. Um, now, so I'll tell you about William Paley. Okay. So William Paley was a natural theologian, right? So natural theologians, these are the people who believed the fact that the universe works in such a methodical, mechanical, mathematical way means that there must be an intelligent design behind it. And it's sometimes called the watchmaker analogy because, you know, in the 18th century when this was a popular um, concept, watchmakers were the peak of technology. So if yeah. you think it could be now like the, the, the smartphone analogy, you know, mm -hmm. something so complex and detailed and, 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 and mechanical couldn't operate unless somebody created it. Um, now, people like Darwin were against this. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't believe that that complexity was the result of an intelligent, kind of godlike creator, that actually um, it was a result of adaptation, of, of evolution, that the universe developed in this way as a natural process. Um, Descartes, who I'm quite fond of, you know, mm -hmm. I think therefore I am, yeah. um, he, <laughs> he said, things are just complicated. <laughs> Yeah. You know, the universe yeah. just is a very complicated yeah. it just is it is French as well. yeah. anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, so um, the watchmaker analogy um, the watchmaker must therefore be greater than the watch if we're thinking there is a god yeah. who has created okay. the universe okay um, so people didn't like this analogy because it suggests that God is just some kind of manager of an industrial machine, you know, that the universe is, is a mechanism and God kind of manages the mechanism in some way, which isn't how we like to think of God as a, as a, as a being. Um, Einstein, I've just mentioned, you know, God doesn't play dice. There's no, there's no meaning in the universe in a sense. It just follows a set of rules. Um, Tina Hahn, interestingly, um, said everyone is trying to find the meaning of this idea of, of, of life um, we have this idea because there are obstacles that prevent us being in touch with the wonder of life you know that by by seeking to understand and perhaps this is where my problem with maths comes from we try to understand the wonder of life instead of actually experiencing the wonder um, by being present for the wonders of existence we might deepen our understanding of the mystery um, you know Brian Cox the universe it's amazing so I don't know that's my yes I hate maths I think maths is boring but only because I don't think we teach maths properly or we teach people what maths really is and I think if people really understood the wonder of the universe and how mathematical that wonder represents itself you know going back to that the traveling alchemists outreach society look at what the, if you draw maths out if you draw the patterns and rhythms of the universe they're spectacular and complex mm. but we give people a page of sums <laughs> and expect them to be excited by that yeah. um, or you know here's a box may call the numbers out to seven or something that is not to me 
the wonder of existence. No, it's a very, very small part then, isn't it, of mm. maths. But maybe it's the bit that people can access. So are we not... Is it that we need to get to a point where we teach people again, you know, this is about how you see things, you know, don't look at what you can see, you know, look deeper, look at what's really there, experience the wonder of this. When we look at, you know, how often do you look at, 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 at a, a beautiful flower when you teach symmetry, mm. you know, and yeah. say, isn't this a wonderful example of symmetry in creation? When you use the pen, isn't it, and what can you see here, and it's mm. really, you're thinking about yeah. Imagine that you've never seen this pen before. Mm. And then yeah. what can you see? Mm, what can you see in a glass of water? What can you see yeah. in a piece of paper? But but what can you see? What can what maths can you see? What what artistry? What um, what pattern? What rhythm? What music? You know what would life be without music? But music is maths. It couldn't be yeah, more maths. You know, it's all about patterns, numbers, rhythms. If you go back to humanity in its earliest endeavours, pattern was vital, wasn't it? When you wanted to take a group hunting, you got a log and you beat it to a rhythm. And everyone feels that like a heartbeat. And, and, and everyone knew that this was some an occasion, that this was something special and powerful and something that you, you were compelled you know, when you go to a concert and you feel that, that rhythm yeah. of the music and experience that. Um, and what you're really experiencing is maths, isn't it? But we don't think of it in terms of no. maths. Or if you go to a concert, if someone plays a piano. You know, well, you're, you're, you're moved emotionally. <laughs> you're not going to play me Beethoven's fifth now on this, are you? <laughs> I can do the first part of it. Can you play some, you know, I, I couldn't. A talented mm. person could play you a piece of music that would be uplifting and, and, yeah. and, and would create a, a very positive emotion. Or they could play you a piece of music that would leave you very scared and anxious. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, sad and heartfelt and, you know, moved to tears even. Mm. Just by a, a simple mathematical pattern. So how does that work? How does our, our, our soma, how does our body intelligence our body brain you know understand how to respond to that mathematical pattern how does that work how do our brains understand that almost like we're you know it's it's something that's instinctive in us that we're born with yeah there's a piece of music i mean people have different opinions and things about pieces of music but generally if it's a piece of music that's designed to create a specific emotion mm. it, it does doesn't it yeah if you watch a yeah. movie and you you yeah. know you, you, you've got the action sequence yeah. or you've got the scary sequence or you've got mm. the, the comic sequence and, and and somehow we know that that music is appropriate mm. but how do we know that mm. how does that particular you know tone pitch uh, pace you know say to us as human beings this is the emotion that you should be feeling now Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so I apologise, mathematicians out there who perhaps <laughs> were shocked by my revelation at the beginning of this programme, um, because obviously I was being, I exaggerated yeah. my, 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 my feelings about maths for effect to some extent. So my issue isn't really that I don't like maths. I think, I don't think we work very hard to nurture in people 
a true love, appreciation, understanding of just how incredible maths is, because maths is the very heart of existence mm -hmm. at an atomic level, you know, going right down to the very building blocks of, of existence. Maths is there, creating pattern, order, systems, mechanisms, you know, beyond our understanding. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is amazing. Yeah, it is, definitely. And if you would like to share your thoughts on Yeah, if you'd like to share your thoughts with Hayley on this subject, <laughs> <laughs> address your emails to Hayley. <laughs> So, the maths uh, mafia yeah, will be after me yeah. <laughs> as always you can find us on Facebook we are One Together CIC you can send us an email at onetogethercic at gmail.com mm -hmm. or you can contact us through our website which is onetogethercic.co.uk marvellous mm -hmm. but for now that's uh, that, this is who are we we are, we are Growing, Growing the Good, the, good, the, the Mindful, Mindful Podcast, podcast and Hopefully, if I've survived, we'll, <laughs> we'll see, see you next, next time. time. <laughs> this is Growing the Good, the Mindful Podcast.